0: This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. A very good morning to everyone. How are you doing your 2019? Whether it's good or bad, it's going to be over very soon. Now this morning we're going to reach the last Sunday of 2019 and We'll take some time today to actually pause and to look ahead and to know how we shall proceed uh, i hope you have your bible with you i'll be looking at a, one passage in second peter but i'll be flipping through the rest so if you have your bible it will be great if you need one just raise your hand and one of the bibles from church will come to you this morning i'll begin by praying for us to ask god to help us we to pray for Pastor Andrew as well. He's away, but he's sick. Pastor Y, his whole family is sick. I was contacting him yesterday at 11-ish. His uh, family is sick. He's not having much rest. He was at airport at 4.30 this morning, and he's already arrived uh, at the destination to catch up with our gospel partner this morning. So we pray that he has strength to, um, to do the ministry, but also for the family because his family is also sick, so he's also worried. About them. So, why don't we pray for ourselves and also for the rest of us, uh, pastors and those serving. Father, we thank you this morning, we thank you you have preserved us, that we've been kept alive this whole year, that every morning when we wake up, it was another day of grace that you have kept us alive. While we go into sleep, you have preserved us. Father, we pray for all of us, whether this year has been a meaningful one or it has passed really quickly. We pray, God, that we will have time at this end of the year to pause, to contemplate, and to plan and look ahead. Pray for Pastor Andrew. We pray, God, that you will help him to recover well from his cold, so that next week when we begin our new series, that he will have energy. Pray for Pastor Y, that you grant him health, that he will recover well, so that he can serve and uh, lead and guide uh, the missions and ministry in the next few days pray for ourselves this time that god you know where we've been in the past week you know where we'll head off in the coming days but right now we pray god that you will help us to quieten our hearts that you will keep our minds clear so that we can engage with your word and our hearts can respond to you that our hands and our will will be strengthened to respond pray all this in name of jesus and for your glory amen Now, dear friends, if life is a journey that leads to a destination, we will need clear directions to guide us to that destination. Imagine for a moment, you and I, we are heading, we want to head to New Zealand. It will be very unlikely we'll get there if we simply head downstairs, hail a taxi and say, yep, wherever. That we'll actually arrive there. Or by eating fast food every day, thinking that that will lead us to become one of the healthiest and fittest pastor in Singapore. Uh, it doesn't happen. You know, a writer once said, without possessing a knowledge that conforms to reality, the travelers would have no chance of arriving at their destination safely. Now, as we come to the very last Sunday of 2019, and we will soon be starting our journey into the next decade, it is really worth pausing and asking ourselves a few questions. It's worth asking ourselves, where are we going in this journey of life? How are we traveling on this journey? What voices Are we taking directions from? Let me say that again. It's worth pausing and asking ourselves, where are we going in this journey of life? How are we traveling on this journey? And what voices are we taking directions from? You know, some of you might know, I love reading stories with my kids before bedtime. And recently, my ki- children and I have gotten ourselves into yet another bedtime story series. This time is that two volumes, Pilgrims Progress. You know, it tells the name of a man called Christian who was running away from the city of destruction towards the city of Zion, the heavenly kingdom of God. You know, at every junction that Christian goes to, characters would stop Christian and ask where did he come from? Where is he going? And along the way there were characters who spoke words of truth that directs him, and there were also characters who spoke worldly advice that derailed him. Whether he was travelling well on a narrow straight path or stumbled into darkness or danger depended on whose voice he was listening and taking directions from. Let me give you a snippet. ...of um, this Pilgrim's Progress. The main character, Christian, he met the good interpreter at his house. And this is the conversation. Come in, come in, and I will show you much that will help you. So he took his servant, told his servant to light a candle... ...and told Christian to follow him. He led him to a private room and told the servant to open the door. When he had done this, Christian saw a picture of a very dignified man... Hanging on the wall. He had his eyes turned up to heaven. He had the best of books in his hands, the law of truth on his lips, and the world was behind him. He stood as if he was pleading with men, and there was a gold crown over his head. Christian asked, What does this mean? The man in the picture is one in a thousand. He can have children and suffer in childbirth and nurse them himself when they are born you can see him with his eyes turned up to heaven with the best book in his hand and with the law of truth on his lips and this is to show you that his work is to know and reveal dark things to sinners and you can see he's standing as if pleading with man and he has thrown the world behind him and a crown hangs over his head which shows He has no love for the things of this world because of the love he has for serving his master. He knows that he will get his reward in the next world. Now, said the interpreter, I've shown you this picture. First, because the man in the picture is the only one whom the Lord of the place you are going to has appointed as your guide in all the difficult places you may find along the way. So take note of what I've showed you and remember what you've seen. For if any others you meet who pretend to show you the right way, they will lead you to death. The Christian, he was on a journey, and the good interpreter tells him, Listen to the one who speaks truth from the great book. Do not be deceived by the pretenders. Now this morning we come to a passage in the second letter of the Apostle Peter. Now it's a letter written by the Apostle Peter because he knows the present life of the eyewitnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are all dying. In fact, he himself knows that his death will soon take place. He also knew that as that happens, many voices around the world We'll be calling out the pilgrims, Christian pilgrims of every generation. And so he wrote this letter in ink for our sake. Let me read snippets of Peter's letter to set the context of the passage we are looking at. I'll be reading from right at the beginning of 2 Peter chapter 1. verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Verse 13, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in this tan of this body, because I know that I will soon be put aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, verse 19. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. Chapter 2, verse 1. But there are also false prophets among the people. Just as there will be false teachers amongst you, they will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign law who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. As pilgrims, as we take our journey in life, there are constantly voices of destruction drawing us away from the journey to life, to his death. The Apostle Peter knows that, so he writes to provide directions to all who come after the apostolic age, that is, all who comes after the eyewitnesses dies. For we need answers to gospel truth. We need answers particularly to issues relating to the final judgment. We need truths to guide us to know the king's return and life in light of the realities that we live in. Now the letters of the apostolic eyewitnesses, they were written here in this Bible to remind readers across ages of the gospel truth and what it truly means when we say we know God. That's why the letter begins with verse 2. It says this, let me read that again for us he says grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of our God and of our Saviour Jesus our Lord no this theme of knowledge of God and of Jesus is a key theme in Peter's letter to know God no uh, Pastor David Helm when he wrote a book on Second Peter he writes this he says this letter's theme that a the proper knowledge of God is incredibly relevant in our age and he gave three important observations about people of our age and i would like to invite us to engage with this observation as i as i bring it up think about what you observe and see whether if this is true the first observation is this people want to know god people want to know god but on their own terms without the need for jesus People want to know God our own way without the need for Jesus. Now I've noticed as I read of uh, writings of many prominent influences of our time. And I noticed this. People no longer say they are atheists. Many of them would not identify themselves as atheists. They will identify themselves to be spiritual. And they believe in God. But if you listen in carefully and you read carefully, you also notice that they never mention about Jesus. They seek to know God in their own defined ways and the sense of spirituality. But Peter reminds the Christian pilgrims in chapter 1, verse 17 of this book. It says, a true knowledge of God, a person who truly knows God, comes only through the knowledge and acknowledgement that Jesus is the Son of God. The only way to know God is to know God's Son, Jesus Christ. That's the first observation. The second observation is, this. people want to know God without obeying His word. There's a term called antinomianism, which is the very opposite of legalism. Uh, antinomianism is the view which rejects legalism or law or the need to follow any law or moral standards. You do what you want. So when it infiltrates the church, they can look a bit like hyper grace, whereby there's a total sexual or moral or legal freedom because you're free, you are saved. The apostle Peter warns against false teachers who advocates Christian Christian pilgrims to abandon the rigorous life of faithfulness called out by the apostles and the Lord Jesus himself. Now, while the legalism says, we, while legalism says we must earn our salvation, antinomianism says we are saved and given the license in total sexual, moral, legal freedom. We are free. This reminds Peter are dangerous heresies that goes around. Chapter two, verse one to three. Now, in fact, scripture reminds us we are saved by Christ alone, for Christ alone. We are saved. From death for eternal life. We are saved from sin for holiness. Knowing God, therefore, that is knowing, having a relationship with God, it involves wanting to respond rightly with God. Now, the third observation is this people, they want to know God without having to believe that Jesus will return. No, there's a denial of Jesus' return as a judge. No, we read the scoffing of Jesus' return in our responsive reading just now in chapter 3, verse 3 to 4, which again Paul, Peter warns in chapter 2 that even angels do not escape judgment. Neither will humans. No, in fact, we already catch a glimpse of judgment on humans in the days of Noah and the flood. No, Brothers and sisters, we are not living in a neutral world. To take this Christian journey involves many trials and no doubt dangers, voices and temptations. Perhaps I'll recommend picking out a copy of Pilgrim's Progress or a Missionary Journal for your twenty twenty bedtime readings, just as a reminder that we are taking a journey. Now, having painted the context of the dangers of this journey, Peter then turns to speak about the two endings that are to come. One is a dreadful judgment. The other is a fulfilled hope. Look with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 to 13. Is the responsive reading we had just now. Second Peter 3, verse 10 to 13. It says this, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, the heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Now, Peter writes earlier on that the Lord is not slow in coming. Rather, when he is patient in coming, it is to allow us with opportunity to hear the gospel. If it come any earlier, none of us would have been saved. But he has patience so that we have opportunity to hear the gospel, to repent and to be saved. But the final day of the Lord, it will come. It will be very sudden, like a thief. But we do not want to be found unprepared, thinking that it will not come, because it might come right now. Tonight, it can come anytime. Now the sun, the moon, the stars, the constellations, they will all disappear with a roar and everything that is not eternal will be consumed by fire. Those who claim to know God by their own ways, without bothering about God's word, scoffing at Jesus' return, it will be a dreadful moment. Everything will be laid bare. It will be a day of destruction. But for those... For those who hold on to God's word, who look forward to his promise, will enter the new Zion, the new heavens, the new earth, where God's people will dwell. Now there is a great hope ahead for Christians who look to their hope in the promise of God, the city of Zion, who put behind the world, the city of destruction behind them, for there is a golden crown there waiting for them. To receive that's why in this letter right at the beginning in chapter 1 of 2nd peter 11 this is what peter says to christians he says you will indeed receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our lord and savior jesus christ that's a great promise for christians who are progressing are pilgrims waiting to enter the city of Zion. No, there is a hope that's offered to us. Peter tells us that, no, in the patience of God, he is withholding the last days so that we can enter into his eternal days. We are saved if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came from heaven and earth on that first Christmas, who died on the cross on that first Easter, who was risen from the dead after three days. Right now he's sitting in the heavenly throne and he is coming back for us both for judgment and for salvation. No, that is the message Christ's church proclaims week after week, month after month, year after year. If you're coming here, you'll say, Andrew, why is it always being preached? Because that is what we need. And that's why we preach. So as we reach the year end, it is timely for us. It's timely for us to freshly be reminded again that we are taking a journey and the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Now, the question is, is, is this. How then should we step into 2020 to continue our life's journey? And here's where we turn to the last verses of Peter's second letter. The passage we read just now, 2 Peter 3:14 to 18 you Now, Peter has four instructional truths to help us on our journey. Now, to be clear... When we look at these four instructions, these are not, let me say that again, these are not works to give you salvation. Rather, they are instructions for those who have received salvation by believing in Jesus, who are taking their Christian journey seriously because they are looking forward to their certain hope, the new heavens and the new earth. That's how Peter begins his letter back in chapter 1, right? In this first verse, he says, To those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. These are the people he's talking to. These are the four important instructions for those who through the righteousness of Jesus have received faith in Him. If you're someone who has not received Jesus, what you need is not a checklist to get in heaven, what you need is a relationship with Jesus. But for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, these four instructions are designed or given to help us navigate the dangers in this world and to prevent spiritual amnesia, that as we walk, we forget where we are going. So, come with me as we look now to these four instructions, starting with verse 14. I'll mention the four points first, and I'll come back to them each individually. Look at verse 14. It says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this future hope, number 1, verse 14, make every effort, number 2, verse 15, bear in mind, number 3, verse 17, be on your guard. And lastly, verse 18, Grow in the grace and knowledge. Let's consider each of these instructions and the applications for us in 2020. Look at verse 14. It says, Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with Him. What does that mean? Now, as a true follower of Jesus Christ, it is both our privilege And also our responsibility to live in obedience to and bear the image of our King, Jesus. Now since we are waiting for a future hope, and I pray that you are, and I pray that I will continue to as well. Let us make every effort to prepare for that new heaven and new earth. Now imagine a couple getting married. We see them quite a fair bit recently. Now as they look forward to their wedding day, they start to make commitments during their marriage preparation with their pastors right they'll make marriage commitment to, to keep themselves only for their spouse to be they are careful not to flirt with their colleagues some take special interest they, they take special interest what pleases or displeases their spouse to be because that is what they are hating towards now some decide they'll cut out on junk food to be healthy for the others. Some decide to spend wisely so that their money honors the approach that this marriage is meant to be. Now what does making every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with Him means for us? Well, if you look at the word spotless and blameless, they're actually the language of the sacrificial animal, a sacrificial lamb offered to God. In fact, Jesus himself, he was called a lamb without blemish by Peter in his first letter. So we are called to live with the identity of a living sacrifice, to be like our Lord. And to be at peace with him, with God of Christ, refers to us putting our trust in Christ to make us right with him, that a relationship is present. Now as we reflect on 2019, Perhaps it's worth just pausing and thinking about our own, our own lives for a moment. Think if we have been making every effort to bear the image of our King and to live for Him. Or have we actually cruised through 2019 on autopilot mode? Being callous at times, being distracted. As Colin Buchanan sings in his children's song, he, he says this, "Be careful little eyes what you see. And then what you hear, and then what you say, and then be careful little feet where you go. Because there's a father up above looking down in love. So be careful little ones, he says. No no doubt, you and I, we will fail and we probably have failed many times. When we fall in sin, our king, he can and he will indeed forgive us. But it would. Effort in verse 14 tells us that sweat and tears and blood are involved when it comes to bearing the image of the king. It doesn't happen just automatically on autopilot, nor by mere talking. It doesn't happen that way. An appropriate lifestyle of faith does not happen automatically. It requires intentional willingness to keep. Responding to God's word again and again, day after day. And the gospel grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we receive it from Him. Now, this is especially so when the surrounding culture goes in the opposite direction. Now, as the new year is fast approaching, it can be very helpful pit stop for us to pause and consider this question. Don't let this question pass before 2019. And the question is this, will we in this coming year make every effort to prepare for the new age? Again, we are not talking about working for salvation. We are talking here living out our salvation. Are there areas of godliness that have fallen through the cracks in 2019 that we need to recommit before God to ask for His forgiveness to ask His Holy Spirit to help us. It could be our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our feet, which ultimately comes from our heart. It could be things that we have done in the office, at home, with friends, that we'll pray where we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, that we'll be more like our king than the king's enemies. Now in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 13, those who are God's enemies, they are called those who are the blots, and blemishes, whose eyes are filled with adultery and will never stop sinning. Now may God draw us back in His love by His divine power found in His Word and then strengthen us to live as living sacrifices willing to wait upon His promised hope, not having spiritual amnesia, forgetting where we are going in the busyness of life. Now, the second instruction is found in verse 15. Look at verse 15 with me. Verse 15, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Now, here's a call to keep our memory fresh. Sometimes you have a mind fog. I don't know if you have that. Sometimes I wake up, I I tell my wife, I think I'm having a mind fog. And then she says, I think you didn't sleep well yesterday. Too late. No, keep our memory fresh that the reason Jesus has not returned is always his mercy on us for our salvation. His so-called delay that some people laugh at, is not for our indulgence in sin, but to proclaim the message. Now as you read on, it also becomes clear that salvation and scriptures are closely connected. Now citing Apostle Paul, this is an interesting one. Peter says, that's what Paul was writing about when you read his letter. Now, if you look at verse 15 and 16, there are many interesting things to point out there. know how Peter's readers, they have also read Paul's letters. know how Paul's letters, they will actually recognize as inspired words of God. How they can be difficult at times and how Paul's letter were considered by Peter as scriptures as with the rest. But we must not miss out a big point that Peter is trying to make here. Peter's focus here is this. He's saying that All of Paul's letters write about the Lord's salvation in this time of mercy before Jesus returns. In fact, if you extend it back to verse 14, that Paul, if you look at Paul's letter, he writes and speaks extensively that Christians are called to live out their salvation, to live differently because of their identity in Jesus. No, we are to take our salvation seriously, and to proclaim the good news of salvation while time is still on our side. Now there are some who are ignorant. They distort Paul's words and other scriptures to feed their worldly desires. Now we actually see this in our age. You and I look around. There will be people who will distort the Bible where people may distort God's truth. They will call truths in the Bible culturally obsolete examples. They are no longer relevant. No longer applies to our modern progressive society's view of, it could be gender roles, it could be gender identity, perhaps anti nomanism. That being Christian now means you are free to do anything to one's heart's desire, free of moral obligations. But here Peter actually warns this, he says, there are ignorant people who distort scriptures for personal desires. Now, there will be these topics that we'll be covering in 2020, important topics. But I think it's important to point out here, that it is one thing for someone to struggle with unwanted desires or temptations and struggling with it. It's a different thing for someone to, to twist and distort truths so that it fits what they want to do. The former will lead a person to cry out to God to turn and repent and be saved the later those who distort God's truth will end up turning away from God and His Word and walk that path of death. Same struggles, different response, different ending. Now, what is the application of the second instruction? Bear in mind, well, one of the most important applications when we step into 2020 is really to read and hear God's Word regularly. At BDBC, we have planned a very rich range of Bible books and topics for 2020. We'll be looking right into Mark's Gospel next week. We have a series on Psalms. We have a series on Genesis, Paul's letter to Titus. We'll be covering life's big questions like culture, sexuality, identity, worldview, suffering, evil, life, death, missions, as well as evangelistic talks that will come in as well. Now, it will be great for us to prayerfully plan right now that we will dive as deeply as we can in this coming year with the rest of your church family that you're not wasted you'll dig right in with it with all of us to go through the bible systematically and carefully to know christ and let it shape and strengthen us to get back into your bible study groups to study the books of the bible with fellow pilgrims on this journey now in the story of Pilgrim Progress, the main character, Christian, he had been traveling for so long that he was really tired. And then he spotted another man on the same journey. His name was Faithful and his heart welled up with joy and comfort that he was not alone. You know, God has given us church so that we will not be alone. But that we will have people to walk this path and to remind us that it is all worth it. No, I don't want to uh, be legalistic here. Perhaps you could could find someone to read the Bible one-to-one this year, or two. No, it's not a checklist to say I'm spiritual but rather to walk with someone to know that I need help, and so does the other person. Perhaps it's to pick up a copy of Machine's 2020 Bible Reading Plan. I've printed 80 copies downstairs. You just pick one um, where you can read the Bible and just know that you are reading it. Again, it's not a legalistic thing that we're trying to do, but what this uh, I'm saying are resources that are available as a church that we can help each other to keep God's Word clear in our minds so that we will not have spiritual Now, as we look at this, we are reminded, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Perhaps you are someone who has heard the gospel for a long time now and you say, this time round, this year, I do want to profess publicly that I'm a Christian through baptism. If that's the case, can I invite you to come and speak to me or one of the pastors that you do want to make clear and declare that Christianity of Christ is your Lord. Um, That would be a great thing to do in 2020 now the third instruction as we look on is verse 17 it says this be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the errors of the lawless and fall from your secure position now here this word be on your guard it's actually a constant state that christians are called to be while living we are, God is a constant state that we are meant to be in. We are warned of dangers, we are strengthened by truth. And so Peter wants us here to be careful not to have sleepy eyes. He speaks from his own experience. Learn from the words of our Lord to his disciples on the night he will be betrayed, where Jesus says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Be careful of antinomianism, of being carried away away by godless living without any concern about God. Now one of the effects, listen to this, one of the effects of sin is that it destabilizes the one who sins. Let me say that again. Listen to this. One of the effects of sin is that it destabilizes the one who sins. In explaining what it means, look at the passage. It says, fall from your secure position. The commentator helpfully explains it. It says, that means that it is when you yourself doubt what you firmly believe right now. Let me say that again. It's when you yourself doubt what you firmly believe right now. Now, be on your guard. Do not let the indulgence of sin destabilize you such that you no longer believe what you now believe or what you think is true. So be on our guard against that. It requires us to watch and pray. That's what Jesus says. Pray that God's Spirit will strengthen us so that we will not wander off. And let us keep meeting others as the day is approaching without reading God's Word, without praying, without meeting other Christians. It is so easy. Some of us know this. It is so easy to wander off and be indifferent in this world. To feel no difference between the world and the city of Zion. So verse 17, let us be on guard. And finally, the last instruction in verse 18 is a call to grow and be strengthened. Look at the last instruction, verse 18. It says here, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, not only are we to guard against losing our firm footing, we are to grow in grace and knowledge, to make steady progress in each growing year as a Christian. Now let us not settle with being lukewarm, but to keep growing in grace, that is to live in such a way that we review that the grace of Jesus is having its effect on us. As we look in the future, that we will start to live with the future in mind the way we speak the way we make decisions the way we plan out our time or our lives that we are looking forward to that future city of Zion that we'll keep growing knowledge that is to keep growing to know our Lord and our God now as we read his word and respond to him in prayer that we will keep seeing him working in us day by day month by month year by year you know, you and I, we can be a really rough piece of rock. A rough piece of work. But as we grow in the Lord, He will surely chisel us. Painful, but He will chisel us to be His masterpiece. That is part of being a Christian. We get chiseled to be His masterpiece. Now, here's a warning for us. The Apostle Paul, in his letter, when he speaks to the Corinthian Christian, he said this. He said, knowledge paths up. But loves build up. First Corinthians eight one. So it's very appropriate as we look at Peter's letter. He's very intentional in verse eighteen that Christians are growing both in their understanding of Christ more and more, and growing to live out Christ's grace more and more. It comes together. Now, as we bring today's passage to a close, I want to bring us back to one more snippet into Pilgrim's Progress. Remember, Christian was walking alone, and Christian now has a friend called Faithful. And as they walk and journey together, another character came along. His name is Talkative. Now, at first, Faithful was talking to Talkative, and he was very impressed. He says all the right things. Until he learned that Talkative is really just a talker and nothing more. As they continue in their conversation, let me read to you that conversation. Faithful asked, Talkative, What's the thing? The thing that you'll say to prove the discovery of grace working in the heart? Talkative replied, A great knowledge of the gospel. Sounds great. Faithful replied, One can have great knowledge of the gospel and still have no grace in one's soul. One, a man may know everything, But do nothing. Knowing something is pleasing for talkers and boasters. But doing it is what pleases God. Not that the heart can do anything, any good without knowledge. For the heart is nothing without knowledge. But there is a different sort of knowledge. There is knowledge that is just the bare facts. And knowledge that is accompanied by the grace of faith and love. Which makes a man do the will of God from the heart. The first is sufficient for the talker. But the true Christian is not happy without the other. He'll cry out, give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Yes, I shall observe it with all my heart. Give me that knowledge so that I can respond to you. When Talkative heard this, he was unhappy and he said to Faithful, you're just trying to catch me out again. You're not a good conversationalist or good person to talk to. Now, dear brothers and sisters, as we wait for Christ's return and God willing step into 2020, may we not be like talkative in Pilgrim's Progress, who can just say all the right things. Because even angels can say the right things and are not saved. But let us be like faithful and Christian Let us take up Peter's instruction as those who are truly waiting for the Lord's return. Let us make every effort to be found spotless and blameless and at peace with Him. Let us be ready and be willing to struggle in 2020. Let us bear in mind the Lord's patience means salvation. So by all means available to you and me, let's keep reading the greatest book, the Bible itself. Keep praying through what the Bible says. Keep meeting our church the God's people, so that we will not forget that our daily living is for the Lord's coming. Let's be on guard so that we will not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. Let's keep watch and pray and be careful and meet with other Christians for there will be trials and temptations for sure in 2020. They will come. We must be ready. And finally, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let our growing knowledge of our Lord shape us more and more. We will fail at times, but it needs to shape us. We cannot be contented with knowledge as the talkers does. But we want the knowledge to be here so that we can respond to the truth, to the Christ who is waiting with that crown at the end of the road for us if we just hold on to him. And as we do that, we say with Peter, his closing words of this letter, he says, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Oh dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you preserve our lives through 2019. Thank you that you have kept us alive even though at times we are on autopilots. Thank you for this greatest book, your very word in ink. Thank you for your grace and peace in our Lord Jesus Christ. Please now forgive us for the days past where we were like talkative in pilgrim's progress, where we speak like people looking towards the city of Zion, but privately live like people indulging in a city of destruction. Please have mercy on us. Oh, have mercy on us, O God, for if you, Lord, keep records of any sins, which of us can stand? But with you there is forgiveness if we repent and turn back to you, so that we can, with reverence, fear, serve you, love you, and walk to you. Help us to wait for you more than watchmen waiting for the morning. Help us to put our hope in your word, in your unfailing love, in your salvation. And help us in the coming 2020 to take heed of Peter's instructions for our Christian journey from the city of destruction to the city of Zion. In Jesus' name we pray and for your glory both now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bttc.sg.